Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this week we're joined by musician Ben Sharp, otherwise known by his moniker, Cloud Kicker, who joins us to discuss the origins of his musical career, his creative process in constructing his music, and the overwhelming benefits exercise and a healthy lifestyle can have on your mental state. This episode is brought to you by Learn Squared, an art education platform founded and powered by industry-leading artists. Learn cutting-edge art techniques and discover firsthand how other artists from around the world learn. Head over to LearnSquared.com and apply the promotional code COLLECTIVE during checkout to receive 10% discount off your order. Here we go, everybody. Episode 142 with Ben Sharp, aka Cloud Kicker. Let's roll. Well, I was going to say, like, it's been really great <coughs> getting to um, talk with you because I've been, it's, it's weird. Um, music is such a big deal to me when I work and create and I share it with friends and we, we, we all, we're constantly sharing albums and songs and stuff as I'm sure you probably do the same. And it's been, I've been listening to your music. It's, it happens every once in a while, once a year or so I find a band or somebody that I really like, and I just listen to their music significantly like through months, you know, and it's, I don't know. It's just really awesome to be able to chat with you because I feel like I've been listening to your sound for such a while, like just constantly. So first and foremost, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm such a big fan of the music that you make. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the compliments. I appreciate it. Yeah. I know what you mean about getting stuck on, uh, on a band or something. I do the same thing. Yeah. What's the last band that you can remember getting really into? Um, I think Tortoise. I was listening to Tortoise for like a few weeks straight a mm. couple months ago. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to that new uh, Boney Bear album pretty nonstop oh, for yeah. about a week now. It's amazing, I isn't it? A month, but yeah. I really like it. Yeah. Um, and before that, I was I was listening to the new Meshuggah uh, album for about a week or so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, when it whenever I find something. Um, that I really like, like a new album. Uh, I just kind of dig. I get real deep, and I, I listen to it pretty much nonstop until I'm sick of it. Yeah, me too. How I basically familiarize myself with it, I guess. Yeah. Do you feel like when you listen to the music that you're taking in like um, mental notes of just the tonalities of it or the switch and change ups? Or are you just experiencing the music itself for what it's meant meant to be, which is um, not necessarily a technical experience, but just an overall ethereal kind of experience. Uh, I definitely used to do that. That, uh, it's like I, that was, um, you know, the way I would experience everything. It seemed like just analyzing it to no end (laughs) anymore, anymore. I just, even with like a, you know, that Meshuga album that's supposed to be super technical and, you know, analytical. I really just listen to it over and over again. And I'm not really taking notes or some, or anything, but I definitely notice after a while, I just get more comfortable with, like I recognize parts and the timings and whatnot. The same with every album. Like the first time you listen to it, hmm. um, it's you experience it a certain way and I've learned like that I should hold off on judgment 
of any album until I have listened to it a little while. Cause a lot of, most of the time what happens is like, uh, the songs that I thought I would key in on aren't, don't usually end up being that, you know? Yeah. Like I'll, I'll, sometimes they might not even be that good when I get super familiar with them. So it's always, I've at this point I've just learned, like if there's, if there's something that catches me right away like that, you know, where I even want to listen to it a second time, which doesn't seem to happen that often or even one time all the way through. Um, I learned to just kind of relax and, and just listen to it a bunch of times to actually see what I think about it. Yeah. I do the same thing now where I, whereas when I remember when I was younger, I would remember the song, the name and everything. But now I feel like I just put a record on and then I just let it play and I don't pay attention to anything other than just listening to it. And isn't it weird that there's a track that somebody might make and just randomly it connects with, uh, I don't know what it's doing to us, but it's, it's, it's connecting with us deeper beyond our understanding. Cause I feel like music is a, another form of language basically. And it's really interesting when like it just hits you perfectly and it, and it times up perfectly. Like you're saying, when you listen to something, you kind of have this moment where it kind of syncs up or you didn't realize that that was worthy, the song that you were going to really latch onto, but then it does. And that effect is really quite interesting. And I find it to be, I find myself doing the same thing now more than ever where I just play something and then my brain readapts and changes. I, I don't know. What do you think that is psychologically? Uh, just familiarization, I think. Yeah. It's just like, I think it's learning. Any, you know, anytime you learn anything new, the first time through is completely foreign. And the second time is a little more, you know, you, you'll, you'll remember something, um, that you didn't get the first time or some aspect of it will be a little more familiar. And then that process, you know, the more you, the more repetition you have, the more that the, uh, it just becomes transparent and you just key in on what you're actually seeing. I think that's just a learning process. Yeah. I think it's the same with music as it is with, um, you know, any kind of academic endeavor. Yeah, it's all it's all really quite music, similar. Yeah, yeah. Music, I think, seems a little more mystical to people. Um, you know, it's a little different experience than like you know reading about American history or something. Um, but I think it's the same mechanism. It's it's at work. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree with you too. I think that makes a lot of sense too, and just the way that we program things and and itemize things and and collate things in our mind. Speaking about learning, so this is this is when things started to switch for me because um, I was listening to the music and I was talking to my friend about it and then your music and then he was like, yeah, hey, you know this this is all done, made by one guy. I'm like, no way, really? And then I trip, I was tripping yeah. out and <laughs> and then I was like, no freaking way. And so I, I googled it obviously and I was like, wow, this is insane. And that's when I found you on Facebook and that's when I was like, okay, I have to reach out to you and just if anything. I just want to say thanks, you know, because I've been really enjoying your music and it's been a really cool journey just to kind of, I don't know, work. I've been working a lot. And so it's been really, your albums have such changes, you know, there's so many dynamics. I can tell like through the yeah. years of your, your growth as a musician, like you're constantly trying to push different boundaries of your own understanding of music, I think. And so for me, um, coming into this, you've, it looks like you've been making mu um, albums since like, I don't know, 2008, I guess. So you've been doing this for a long yeah, time. 2008, 
2008 was definitely the uh, the delineation of uh, you know when whatever it was that I was doing at the time became uh, you know cloud kicker. Yeah. Uh, when I gave it the the name, kind of focused my attention on on making that you know I've always in one way or another at least since I've been playing guitar I've always had been experimenting with like recording things and keeping ideas and stuff like that but uh, yeah 2008 was definitely when that shifted yeah that's really cool into, yeah it's been Thanks. well. I mean, it's, it's really um, one thing is my hats off to you for being a tour and just kind of going off after it. And uh, I've played in bands. I played music for many years. I played bass for about um, eight years. I stopped playing music because I just focused mostly on my art career, and because it's, it's really difficult to balance the both of them for me at least. Because I'm so obsessive about things. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it's I it's, can understand that. Yeah, I think that we're kind of cut from a similar similar cloth from the couple of interviews and things that I've read of you. It's, it's, it's been really interesting, actually. But um, the thing I, that I really admire is that you're just, you're not, the one thing I would hate is like having to wait for people at band practice or like, you know, somebody wouldn't show up and, ah, crap, we can't play. And that's just like heartbreaking. So I actually went away and actually made my own music for like a summer one time. And it was like blissful because I didn't have to worry, like, wait for anybody you know and and have to ask people things and you know um do you, do you find that when you make music that you make it for yourself i remember listening to an interview where you said you think it's just that you're lazy that you don't have other band mad bandmates but i think that's probably the brilliance of your art is because it is so you i guess if that makes sense and i, I don't know if that's right but i think it's really something interesting to comment on like um, musicians doing everything themselves rather than relying on so many different pieces, you know? So what's your thoughts on that? Uh, uh, what was your question? Oh, yeah. Sorry. It, yeah. It's more or less like asking the question of what's your thoughts on, you know, making everything yourself and being quite insular in comparison to collaborating with uh-huh. other artists. Yeah. I mean, at first it was definitely a reaction to being, um, having been in bands and that I can definitely identify with that feeling of like frustration at when, you know, when you're trying to collaborate and you're just not really gelling yeah. with the other people. And then it definitely makes you feel like you might as well just kind of do it on your own. Um, so I can, I definitely think that that was a part of it at the beginning, which, you know, was, almost 10 years ago. So in the process, uh, that's kind of gone away. I don't really have any, um, I don't have anything against working with people at this point. It's more just like, um, you know, the way my life is set up, it's much more convenient to, you know, the time I do get to focus on music now, um, that in itself is, is getting a little harder to come by, you know, the more complex my life gets as I get older. Mm. Uh, and then having other people added into that would, would, I'm not sure, um, you know, that, that sort of time is available to me at this point. So right, right now it just shifted into, uh, um, you know, doing it alone is just how I do it. Yeah. No, that's great though. I mean, I, I think the thing I really love is that 
um, you're very self-aware. I feel like in your albums as well, like um, you're cognizant of not repeating yourself too much, which I feel is really unique because your albums shift uh, musically and um, just the overall tonality. And I don't know if you're, it seems like you're probably, you must be aware of that. Um, not repeating well, yourself. Not wanting to repeat myself. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah sure. I mean, yeah. That's like the number one thing I don't want to do. That's really great. And how do you, I mean, cause a lot, I think a lot of artists fall into that trap where, Oh, that was like a good song. And I just want to re- rinse and repeat that feeling. Do that or, over again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some people can do it. I mean, some people like, I think that for me, the best example of, of bands that are able to repeat themselves successfully, uh, I think Converge is like that. I mean, every time you listen to a Converge album, new or not, like, you know exactly how it's going to sound, but somehow it doesn't get boring. Mm. Um, and I'm just not able to do that. I don't think, Hmm. I I mean, I haven't tried, I don't know. I've always been averse to like, um, doing the same thing over and over again. So I just, my personality made it so that I didn't attempt it. (laughs) I don't know what would happen if I said, well, you know, the discovery was pretty cool. I'm going to try to do discovery 2.0 in, you know, 2017. And, (laughs) <laughs> see what that sounds like that'd be interesting I just, actually I, yeah. <laughs> I think it would be um yeah. i don't know discovery was the like album the that got me got me started on on finding who you were and then and then everything else kind of just went from there and i was like wow this is really i didn't even realize it that it was you the same one because i would listen through apple uh, music and yeah. it just kind of shifted and I was like wait what is this you know it sounds like Tycho yeah. almost you know and I was like whoa right. this is crazy this is the same person or actually at the time I thought this is the same band I was like wow what a freaking ballsy move for a group of people to do this you know <laughs> and then and then to find yeah. out it's just you and I was like okay this totally makes sense now it's it's it, you have control yeah, over that. that you know and you have that freedom to just make music I feel that people get so caught and lost in the details of the politics of things and they forget about what it is to make music and I feel that you have this freedom that you're allowed to and you just do it and um yeah it's really amazing i think that's really i I also i also found out like how um how like (coughs) with your music it's not a full-time like a full-time life job kind of thing for yourself too which is also i think makes it quite innocent and, and pure as well which is you're a very unique person like you're you're yourself you're incredibly talented and you're doing it what it seems like not for like your living is that am i correct yeah that's true all the things you said were true i don't know how i don't know if it, if it makes it any more pure uh but it definitely uh i'm i'm for sure not making music with the intent of profiting off of it in fact if i do it's it's uh just more of a of a bonus yeah uh, i never I never planned on, on on making anything out of music besides just making music. And, um, you know, I've gotten, I've experienced some, I mean, I've experienced way more success, um, than I ever thought that I would. So, hmm. uh, but I, I, I never counted on, uh, you know, any kind of financial reward from it. I don't, I don't know if that says anything about, you know, the quality of the music, but it says something about, where I am when I'm making it. Yeah, I think so too. You're not coming from a place where like, this needs to be a hit because I need to pay my mortgage. You know, you're coming from a place where I just want to jam because I love music. And I heard this really epic riff that I'm just really inspired by, you know, or the sound or something something like that. 
Well, it's really pure. I think. I think that's when when art、um, mingles with with business and the money side of things a little too much. I believe it stifles it and it doesn't allow it to like creatively breathe. I mean, that's just me coming from a place of doing、for、this stuff professionally. Yeah, I mean, well, for, I, some, I, for some people, it definitely does. Definitely, I mean, it's part of the equation too. Some people, I think, it makes them make better music, but I think sometimes it it counters that as well too. So it's really difficult though because. I mean, I imagine if you had a choice, would you just play music and make music full time? No, absolutely not. I mean that—that's crazy. Like that's awesome. I, <laughs> yeah. No, it's. I think it's more of a testament to the other options I have available.、Um, you know, I when I think about trying to make a trying to sustain a lifestyle. Off of creativity, which seems so spontaneous and unpredictable to me, that seems incredibly stressful. So,、yeah. um, I'd rather have the the thing that drives the lifestyle be something that's not spontaneous and not creatively based.、Hmm. It's repeatable and、um, you know, dependable. Yeah, be the thing that that. You know, you, I rely on, and then the, the music just be basically a, a hobby because、hmm. I think that it it it、uh, doesn't stifle that spontaneity. Yeah, it makes it fun for me. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I, there's all these different approaches to this too, and I used to really f- subscribe to that thought and feeling too. There's a there's a book you might be interested in reading. I don't know. Do you do you read much? Occasionally. Yeah, I wouldn't call myself a bookworm, but if、no. I find kind of take the same approach with reading that I do with with、uh, like albums,、mm, okay, it it, it seems to I'm really picky,、um, and it takes a lot for me to be interested in something. But when I do, I'll I'll power through it. Yeah, so I'm kind of, kind of that way with what I read also. That's awesome. Well, maybe、um, you might like this book. I mean, I don't necessarily physically hold a book and read all the time. Usually, most of the time, it's audible, so it's I'm listening to it when I'm driving、uh-huh. or walking my dog or whatever, or doing remedial tasks or something.、Um, but there's a book、yeah. called There's a book that you might be interested in. I'm not sure what you like to read or, or you're intrigued by, but this one might really be very interesting for you. It's called Mastery. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Who wrote it?、Um, I forget his last name.、Uh, I'm trying to look at my shelf right now.、Uh, I'll send you. I'll send you a link to it. It's called Mastery, though, and it's on Audible, and it's, it's it's a huge book, but it's really really good. But the thing that I thought you might be intrigued you might be intrigued by is is he kind of is it Robert Greene? That's yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. He might Mastery Mastery fifth book by American author Robert Greene. Okay,、yeah. the thing that he kind of personifies and identifies is within the way that we create, and he uses many case studies through time,、um, talking about、um, Mozart or Einstein. You know, the typical like when you think of genius or something, you think about those people, and the way he kind of breaks down the way that they process things and how it wasn't a spontaneous thing; it was actually them manifesting their reality. It was really interesting、uh-huh. because for me, I feel that that's really when I first started doing art for a living. For example,、um, I was always afraid. I always heard the the term like 
you know, starving artist and my family, everybody that drew was really gifted. They were better than me at the time. And I, and they never made it. And I always thought like, I'm really up against a very big struggle, you know? And, uh-huh. um, I'd always, you know, weigh on the side of, Oh, you have to sit there and, and the muse will just hit you. But this book actually is really brilliant where it says, and this, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point in my life where I just pour it out. I just go, I don't stop. And I just, it's like a constant, flow. I don't have any artist block. I don't stop. I just keep going. It's really weird. Um, because when I first yeah. started, I used to be hesitant. I'm not sure if it's the same for you when you start making music and then you just let you, you just get inspired and you continually go. I don't know if that's how it is I for you. I think there's an aspect of, I think it's like a muscle, like, hmm. you know, the more you do it, the more it is, uh, uh, more confident you are at the, getting your head in that space and, you know, the movement of the art. Uh, and then if you, if you let it atrophy, atrophy like anything else, it's going to be harder to get back to the level that you were at previously. So that's definitely something I deal with because there are times where I, you know, go, I've gone months without, you know, doing anything music related. And then it's, uh, it's a uh, kind of a hump to get over to get back into it. Yeah. So that's, that's like kind of my relationship with music is always, <laughs> always kind of getting out of it and then getting back into it and getting over that hump. There's a threshold, you know, and also like trying to uh-huh. get into it. And if you don't, I guess that's what's different about like doing it as a hobby, for example, which I don't know if I would consider you doing as a hobby is cause you're, you're so, um, you're quite prolific too. That's one thing I was tripping out on. Um, I was like, wow, you, you've produced a lot of albums. I mean, you've been doing it for a while, but you're constantly producing which i thought was really interesting as well and and like i said it's not like you're rinsing and repeating yourself you're constantly shifting and changing so i was just really quite enamored by that because again i think what it's telling me is that you're you're habitual but yet you're very cognizant so like i think that's really important like you have the you you make music you're constantly creating it it sounds like or what it seemed like not constantly i know you said you had gaps between but but you're also very cognizant of the last thing you did and trying new things. And I think possibly it could be that the gap kind of allows you to have those moments of like reflection and then, you know, rechanging things and then coming back to it with a new eye. But it can, I think it for sure, if I wasn't going a hundred miles an hour at all times in my art, I think if I stopped for too long, like taking vacations and stuff could be very difficult for me because I don't like the, the, the withdrawals that I get from, not continually continuing that habitual nature of creating, you know, so, which is kind of unhealthy, but yeah. at the same time, I, I just feel like, you know, there's a rhythm, you're running a marathon and it's, it's a slow run, but it's still, you're running it, you know? And so it's, it's interesting. So when you're not making music, what are you finding yourself doing? Like what's, what's keeping your life complex? Um, my, well, I have my job job. Uh, it keeps me fairly busy. I have, uh, you know, uh, my relationship with my wife and we have a, a five month old daughter. Oh, wow. So Congratulations. That, you know, thanks. Yeah. It's so awesome. Those things alone. Yeah. <laughs> five <laughs> months. Yeah. Alone <laughs> keep me, keep me busy. Um, yes. got a dog. So what, what kind of dog you got? Home. Oh, he's a mutt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I like to do a three to five mile walk with him whenever I can. Oh, that's um, great. And then, you know, just the house, uh, maintaining, maintaining things. Yeah. Uh, that, all of that. Uh, and then, you know, 
add in relaxing, and, which I like to do a lot of leisure time and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, keeping up with movies and TV shows that we like to watch. It's, uh, that pretty much all that pretty much covers it. All of that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Walking is so therapeutic too. I was reading up on uh, Stephen King a little while ago and he has this book called Stephen King on writing. I read a lot and I listen to a lot of books and I'm constantly consuming and absorbing things. And, um, in this book, he talks about how his creative process of just getting up in the morning, he writes, I think 2000 words every day, no matter what. And then he goes out for a walk with his dog for hours basically. And, re untry like yeah. reprocesses his mind basically and i think the 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 process of walking really does something about it does something for us it, it's a perpetual movement or moving our bodies we're, in, we're interacting with the world around us you live out in uh i think is it ohio is that where you live i, I was living there i think my skype profile is a little uh, i don't think i've updated it in a few years i actually live in, uh, in pittsburgh Pittsburgh. Yeah. And so like, yeah. it's, I haven't been to Pittsburgh before. Is it, what's the terrain? Like, do you live in the, like this out, outskirts and stuff or in the nature or cause in that probably I in, guess we in, live, induces great, we live fairly great. close to the city, but it is uh, a neighborhood. Pittsburgh's very hilly. Uh, the area, area around here, uh, South, Southwestern Pennsylvania is very hilly. Um, and we live in an area of Pittsburgh called the South Hills. In fact, so any, any walking that you do is sort of in itself a, you know, cardiovascular exercise <coughs> because you're going to be going up and down so many hills. Yeah. So on a, when I track it on my watch, uh, it, it, for like a three to five mile walk, usually I'm gaining, uh, four to 500 feet of elevation. So I guess that's, I guess that's more than it would be if you were in a flat place. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I think it's quite interesting actually. Yeah, that's cool. No, I just was curious if like when you're walking, if you're around nature, if you're around like other human things, cause I think that they're, they're totally like mixed mix between those two. Like yeah. Mix. It's, yeah. It's not, uh, we're not totally urban, but we're not totally suburban where we are here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I found a, I found a route that, uh, the dog and I like to go on that is, I mean, I like it for the mix of, of, uh, you know, population and, uh, and not. Yeah. That's awesome. Lots of, lots of trees, not a lot of traffic, you know, and a lot of windy roads where you can, you know, the, the length of the walk just depends on you know, which road you go down. Yeah. That's interesting that you're the, the way that you're doing that though. Cause I mean, I find, like I said, as I find walking can be very conducive to like the creative mind as well. And just unwinding your head and stuff too, and just getting into different flows of, of creative thought and stuff, or just on just, um, dissecting the day, you know, and understanding what's going on in the world and stuff around you and stuff. So, and the reflection time. Yeah, that I have. like it for the, I like it for the, uh, I mean, I'll go out on, you know, on, depending on how long we go, 45 minutes or all the way up to like an hour and a half, close to two hours. Um, if I really want to just clear, clear it out. Um, and it just, you get into just a state where not, you know, you're not particularly concerned about any one thing. Um, and I'll come back home. And go, oh, it was an hour and a half. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't seem like it. <laughs> I like, I like getting to the point where, um, 
I'm not, I mean, I'm not spaced out. I'm fully engulfed in what I'm doing, but I'm not, I'm not particularly concerned about anything Yeah. or, you know, hung up on, you know, any aspect of whatever, uh, whatever thing I'm working on or, or the problem I'm solving or anything like that. Just kind of clearing all that out and, and just walking. Yeah. I like, I like getting to that point. It's, it's where I try to be most of the time, but you know, the, the reconnecting with nature is, uh, is a real good way of just kind of wiping the slate clean. I find there's a park that, uh, if, I'm, if we really want to do a good walk, there's a, a really cool park just outside of Pittsburgh. Um, you can do like five miles and not see another person. And you're just kind of in this valley, you know, you're right outside the city, but you feel just completely engulfed in nature. And that's, that's a really good one. Awesome. That's really cool. I try cool. to do that about once a month. No, nah, that's awesome. Yeah. And also having your dog, I imagine that helps a lot. Especially now that you have a newborn, you're going to find how taxing it can be and how how de- uh, uh, demanding a, an infant can be on your time and your schedule and everything too. Because, yeah, like children, yeah, they're on a whole nother level. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good thing. There's two of us. Yeah. I don't know how my mom. I was raised by a single mom. I don't know how she did it. You know, so I, I she probably know. just was went crazy. Really, uh, <laughs> a beast. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. just probably really stressed out all the time. Yeah, just having a really shitty time. <laughs> yeah, but... Well, yeah. I mean, task saturated for sure. I don't know if that implies, you know, uh, <laughs> a quality of, of living. Yeah. Well, to, to raising two boys, I think it's probably pretty chaotic for her. So, and pretty demanding as yeah. kids can be, as you can see. So, well, that's, that's, I mean, I that's, imagine that would be. yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine doing that. I don't know. Like, I mean, you, as a human, you automatically adapt and react to your environment and you either sink or swim. And she just decided to swim. So, yeah, and she did a good job of it, I, I guess. So <laughs> at least I think she did, you know, as crazy as my childhood was, but yeah, I think that's, yeah. it's a, it's a part of it. Did you, um, did you grow up? I mean, I, I think I um, read or found in one of the, your past interviews too, that you used to live in LA and did you grow up in, in a particular area? Oh, okay. Sorry. Say again. All right. I was just going to ask you like what area of LA, cause it's so, it's such a big sprawl. It is a big sprawl. Um, yeah, I tell people LA, but if you're familiar, I grew up in a, uh, suburb, south of the city called uh, Rancho Palos Verdes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with that area. So I live in San Diego, okay. so like, well, northern San Diego oh, okay. now, so yeah. Yeah, not that far away. No, it's pretty close. It's it's all like just a big desert anyway, so and I'm, I I try to avoid LA as much as possible, though. Not a big fan of the city and stuff, so I'm more, I like to live in, or be out in the suburbs or in the nature as much, in, in nature as much as possible, so just it's like I get, I get like, yeah, really there's definitely off, a but... reason why I, uh, I was okay with moving away. I moved out of LA in 2000, at the very end of 2007. Okay. And oh, okay. So, um, when you started to do cloud kicker and then you really be like around the discovery album, I guess that's when you're developing the discovery album, huh? Yeah. Coincidentally. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, there wasn't anything the, the two, the two events weren't interrelated, but yeah, it was, around the same time that I started doing, um, you know, really focusing attention on making the, the cloud kicker thing. Yeah. 
No, it's really, it's really interesting. Why the name Cloud Kicker, too? It's one thing I meant to ask you. It is a callback to a show that was on the Disney Channel when I was a kid called Tailspin. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, yeah, I remember that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the main characters was Kit Cloud Kicker. And I oh, just, that's right. I thought it sounded cool when I was searching Wikipedia for things I could call my kind of made up quasi band. And that's just. <laughs> I had it narrowed down to a couple of things and I like the cloud kicker. Oh, that's interesting. That's I would never have thought you got it from Baloo and the cloud cl- and, uh, the tailspin. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched yeah. that show in such a long time. That was like a show that I'd come home and watch from after school. I was like addicted to that show is, it, it was a lot. Yeah. That's what I would do in middle school. I think yeah. that's when it was on. It was on right after I would, I would, uh, I used to walk to school then. So you must right be in your thirties then. Are 31. You, 31? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'm 33, so we're two years apart. So nice. Yeah. Very cool. What do you think, it, like, are you constantly, continuously inspired to con- continuously create? Or do you feel like there's a time where you're just going to stop making music? Or what's your thoughts on, are you just going to, uh, do you always have, like, after you do your walks, do you go like, oh, I ha- you have a melody or a riff in your head and you go home and you kind of like nail it out or kind of put it together? What's your process like? Um, I think I used to be like that anymore. Um, I just kind of, whenever I have time to sit down and play with, you know, the guitar and, you know, jam something out, um, I'll every once in a while, I'll find something that I think is cool and then record it. And some of the times that, ended up not being as cool as I thought it was going to be. But other times it's just, <laughs> Hey, that sounds pretty, sounds pretty neat. I could, you know, this is a keeper and, um, I'll just, you know, whatever I have made, whatever riff or section of the song that, you know, I, I have, I'll just bounce that down and make it into you know, like a wave file that I keep in a folder on my desktop. And, um, then those, those ideas kind of start to accumulate and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I am now. I mean, I'm always working on something, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that, whatever that means at the time. Like I'm, I've never had like a gap where I've consciously said I'm not going to work on music. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, even though like my creative process back in like Oh eight and Oh nine and 10, like when Cloudcaker was really blowing up was, like I would sometimes I would wake up on my days off and um, you know, when I was single, I just roll out of bed, maybe eat something, maybe not sit in front of the computer for probably 12 hours and then realize that I had been sitting in front of the computer with a guitar for 12 hours, and, <laughs> uh, you know, still in my pajamas and not showered and, <laughs> and I probably hadn't eaten anything. But you know, that, that's the way I used to do it. Just completely disregarding, you know, life, (laughs) any life outside of it, which I, I couldn't do now. I think I'm a lot healthier, Mm. you know, mentally and physically than I was then. Your your spouse kind of balances you out. Well, that, yeah. I mean, I, it's fun having someone else around that, you know, I don't want to just, um, sequester myself all the time. I do want to hang out with her. I do want to go for, you know, go outside. I do want to work out. I, you know, I, I, I want to kind of balance out the activities that I have in life. So yeah. yeah, I'm not at that point anymore where, um, 
where it's that level of uh, of attention I give it. So now it's a much more laid back, relaxed. Just whenever I make something, I'll make something. Yeah, you know, I might not be able to do. Uh, you know, for eight years I was doing at least one release. Call it an album or not, but at least one release per year. Some yeah. years I would do two. I don't think that I'm going to be that level of, of production, but it'll be something every yeah. once in a while. <laughs> but I don't, I'm just not that I don't have this sort of personality where I'd say, all right, that's it. I'm done with music. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. Number one, it, it doesn't cost me anything to make it. So there's, there's no, you know, if it's taking too much time, I'll just do it less. But I don't know why I would ever swear it off. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like swearing off, you know, going to the gym. Like sure. I, I wouldn't do that because it, it would decrease my, my sense of balance in life. And I, just as I wouldn't swear off music because I think it adds something, you know, it does give me the ability to kind of channel some sort of creative energy into something. I, I don't, I think it'd be foolish to get rid of, uh, get rid of that, give that up. Yeah. I feel, I feel quite remorseful when I think about how much I used to love playing music and, but, uh, but I think I also reflect on just the stress it caused me because I was so like infatuated with trying to do it. Um, like as a career bass thing, but I'm left-handed too. So when I first started playing, I had to take a right-handed bass and flip the strings and play all wrong and everything. It was pretty funny, but, um, eventually I got, well, I'm into- left-handed. What? Really? Just, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I don't play guitar left-handed. Thankfully. Oh, you don't. That's interesting. No, Thank- thankfully. Reason, How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> makes it to the instruments buy, are cheaper. Like- <laughs> yeah. Instruments are cheaper. There's more variety. Yeah. Definitely. It's a right-handed person's world. It is. Unless you have tons of money in the guitar book. So it's a, it was good that, that I could do that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Damn it. So I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Cause if you're left-handed, I mean, I instantly, it's weird how you take an object and you go, Hmm, this feels right this yeah. way, you know? And then right. your mind, you, what it, it does is it just deep seeds those habits instantly. And it's like, whoa, I can't switch this, you know? And once you do it that one way, it's really hard to unteach yourself. So, yeah, but I've been yeah, really... Yeah, who knows? I, I mean, I'm, go ahead, I'm sorry. left-handed through and through. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you it's, know, I throw, throw left, I bat left, I right left. I My left hand is definitely my dominant hand, but uh, guitar... No, and I actually kick soccer ball with my right foot. Okay, <laughs> but I think I, I think I, if I when I attempt to skateboard, I think I'm, I think I'm goofy. Do you lead with, lead so, with your left foot or with your right? Uh, it's been a while since I attempted it. Since I'm so bad at it, but I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. I just I just think that I'm. I think someone told me that I'm goofy footed. So goofy kind of. I'm mostly left-handed or, you know, left, the left side is the dominant side. It just, with a couple minor exceptions. Yeah. So apparently you're using more visual spatial parts of your brain. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I'm the same way, but I mean, uh, it sounds like you're also quite ambidext- ambidextrous. So possibly, I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah. That's really interesting know. though. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps you don't see the difference and that's the beauty of it too. I think to comment on what you're saying earlier is like, you wouldn't give up music because it, there's no point. It's like, it's part of your rhythm and you're part of your life. And I think that's really what I'm mm-hmm. getting at is the, is the brilliance of it. It's just that by doing it 
so insular and yourself i mean one of my best friends anthony scott burns he makes music and he does it because he's compelled and and, and it's the thing that he loves it's not he, he releases all his music for free and you can just pay for it if you want and you know like it's not about making a living for him it's more or less like he has ideas and thoughts in his head or emotions or he needs self-therapy and he uses the music mm-hmm. to self-therapy basically to get him get get himself like inside his mind and kind of you know like meditate on things and really focus and stuff so it's really interesting yeah i find it i I guess i guess there's never been a better time than now to really just make music completely by yourself if you want to um because of like you know technology i guess you could probably do it um quite some time ago but say like a mozart or something where you compose everything but you need a you need a whole band which is what i'm leading me to my next phase is um, playing live. What's your thoughts on playing live? I remember hearing that you didn't like playing live and how exhausting it could be. And I totally can relate with that and the, the act of touring. And that's another reason why you don't do it for as a career basically. But, um, yeah, what's your thoughts? Do you, would you even consider that now? Or is that something of a, of consideration, especially now having like your, your first child and stuff? I went on tour in April of 2014. It was a month long tour. <laughs> Um, we did, uh, the U S and Canada, I think it was 27 shows in 30 days, something like that. Mm, wow. um, okay. And so I did tour, uh, I went out with a band called Intronaut. Mm. Um, they are a band from LA uh, that I had been a fan of for a few years. And we just by by hand, by kind of luck ended up communicating with each other and long story short, they made themselves available to like be the backing band for, you know, if I, if I chose to you know, go out on tour. So I took them up on it in, uh, in 2014. So That's awesome. I did do that. Uh, it was really cool. It was a great experience. It was cool to kind of, uh, put, put life on hold and do something totally new outside my, you know, my frame of reference. Uh, they're really cool people and they made the, you know, the, the, the bad part was being gone from home for almost six weeks. The yeah. good part was the, just the sheer volume of new experiences that I was having and having such, you know, great people to do it with. Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't really know each other very well prior to coming out on tour, but you know, quickly kind of got on that on a level where we, you know, really appreciated of each other. So that was a great experience. Um, I don't know if I'll ever do it again. No. Your question is, <laughs> yeah. Your question is, uh, you know, what are my thoughts on playing live? My thoughts are it's super fun, and I would totally do it again. But there's a lot of effort that goes into it, especially on my end, like kind of clearing my schedule. So yeah. um, logistically, if the opportunity presents itself in a way that is like acceptable, um, I'll I'll do it the first chance I can get. But uh, you know, there's quite a few qualifiers before that becomes reality. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a matter of logistics at at any point to do that stuff live. It's setting up the events, you know, coordinating all that stuff. And it's a, it's a whole job in itself. People, that's their careers setting that kind of stuff up. So yeah, it's quite tough, but no, it's really cool. I, I mean, <laughs> the only reason I knew is because I watched some of the live videos and I was like, 
that's when I was like, wait, I'm getting confused here. I thought this was him, but then yeah. now, now it's cool to hear the right. clarity of it. So it's, it's, it's really awesome though. And they did a really great job of complimenting the music that you created and, and, and taking it and making it live, not necessarily improvising, but just like complimenting the music that they obviously yep. love by playing it, you know, which I thought was really interesting. So, yeah. Well, they're professional musicians. So it was, it was really great to have that level of support behind me. Do you miss, they, do you miss jamming? Did you guys jam out when you guys were together? I didn't really get a chance to do that too much. Um, I've never been like a big jamming kind of guy. I'm more of a, like, like if I'm just sitting alone by myself, um, I don't find myself improvising a whole lot. I do like the tools that I like to work with are like a loop pedal and delay pedal. And I like experimenting with the, how, how sound, uh, how you can layer it and, and what happens when you, you know, you can, you can write a line of music and then put something on top of it and seeing how it can change the whole tone of it. And, um, you know, how the, different ways that you can, you know, harmonize and accentuate, uh, you know, certain parts can bring out totally different, um, um, like strains in whatever you originally recorded. So I like, I've always enjoyed layering things and making really dense kind of sound skate sort of things. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's more, that's what I do. I've never really been a, uh, you know, let's get a band together and like, like solo, whatever you do when you jam. Never really been too into that. <laughs> do some butt rock solos all over the place. Yeah, I suppose I could, but it, I don't, <laughs> that's not what I strive to do. No, you're doing what you want and then you're uncompromising it. I think that's great. I think that's what makes your music special. And that's what I connect with. Cool. You know, at least that's, I mean, there, there, I think that there is something to be said about the layer of something that is hard to put your, your like finger on, but it makes sense. Like when I started to know more about the way that it seems like I, I, I perceived you making these, this music, I was like, Oh, okay. Like that's interesting. And I feel like, I don't know if it's my brains wanting to like find reasons for things, but I was, you know, there's, there's a reason why I would listen to one album a hundred times over another one, you know? And I feel like for me right. personally, music is such a, like I'm in, if I'm in the car and, 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 and somebody's playing music that I hate, I get like emotionally upset and like, I get pissed, you know, like turn this off. I hate it. <laughs> um, but if I'm listening <laughs> to music that I love or like, if it's got a good feel or the message is right, I don't know it's, it's hard to put my finger on, but when the music's right, it's, it's like love basically. And, and when the music's right, it speaks to you, you know, and I feel that, um, there's different harmonies and different things that I latch onto. And, um, I don't know if it's necessarily like, because it all comes from somewhere. Somebody has to manifest it as you know, and create it and then record it and put it out there, you know, and, and it's a process to get that there. And I always find it really interesting why, you know, one song I would hate and it'd make me emotionally distraught and another song I would love and it would it'd give me fulfillment, you know, and, I don't know. It's, it's, there's something really interesting. I'm trying to always get down to the bottom of like, what is that? You know, do you think, do you know what that is? Like that feeling of when, why certain things work for certain people and why certain things don't. Uh, why does some food taste bad? I don't true. know. Yeah, um, true. I mean, like <coughs> my wife loves coffee. And oh, I hate coffee. I've, yeah. 
I've given it like, okay. I, you, she's like, this is really good coffee. You should try this. <laughs> maybe it'll change the way you think about coffee. Yeah. And she gave up on that like a few years ago. After every single time she did, I was like, no, it tastes like dirt to me. It's just dirt. Yeah, it's like dirt, like burnt, dirt. Pod, I like burnt cardboard or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clearly, she, clearly her perception of coffee is much different than mine. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it would take to like engender a, an appreciation for it on my room. I'm sorry, on my end. Uh, but I don't spend a whole lot of time, you know, dwelling on why I don't like coffee. I just know that I don't like it. Yeah. And, uh, I'll, I'll try every once in a while just to make sure I still don't like it. And every time I do it's the same. Uh, but then, you know, conversely, I really like, I really like unsweetened herbal, well, not herbal teas, but like really like a really strong green tea that hasn't been sweetened or hmm. some kind of, you know, organic tea. It's like unfiltered, unfiltered, unsweetened. My wife absolutely hates it because she thinks it's incredibly bitter. And I mean, it is bitter, but that's, I like that kind of earthy taste to it. So who knows why people like what they like um yeah it's true yeah and and yeah like like when i go the the place that i go um when i do like the structured uh like workouts once or twice a week they play really bad music that i don't like um <laughs> like really I go to the gym like, i can't do it yeah <laughs> well they play like really aggressive like um uh i don't even know what kind of music it's like kind of like bro metal you know <laughs> brittle you know what i'm talking yeah yeah it's, I, I don't yeah whatever radio stations they put on it's like metal for like trying too hard to lift a lot of weights yeah um but <laughs> you know it sucks and i it it's like cringy to me sometimes how how much it sucks but they they seem to like it so um you know i'm not gonna make you think about it but uh, <laughs> You're like, hey guys, funny, like, listen to this. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like it's it's not that many steps away from stuff that I do like. So yeah. It's just interesting to see how you know little little variations can completely change how you perceive something. Well, definitely, um, why especially metal too, though. Like metal is such like it, there's such crap out there. It's like, well, I mean, there's. At least for me, I'm well, sounding like I sound like an uh, elitist or something. But there's a lot of stuff where people are like, "Yeah, I want to be cool. I want to scream. I want to be mad, you know." And then I'm going to do that, you know. Or they're doing it disingenuously, and it's just like, "Oh, this is this is gross," you know. It doesn't. It's not good. You can just feel it. It feels plastic, you know. I think that what you're describing is when you listen to something, and on whatever level you're like processing it, you understand that like they they drew from a really shallow pool of influences. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's not that whoever put it together, didn't put any real high value on, uh, on originality and create, you know, creating kind of boiling down a wide palette of influences and, 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 you know, processing them on their own, yeah. their own creativity and then spitting out something that's, at least in some way, unlike anything you've ever heard before, because I think what you're really having an objection to is just music that sounds like it's 
regurgitated and uninspired. Um, it's exactly you can, it. You, yeah. you can you tell can totally too. Tell. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you're listening to something and you're like, all right, well, this person, uh, they listened to like, Three bands uh, or one band. <laughs> they listen to like a Metallica album and a Linkin Park album and yeah. now they're making music. Yeah. And that's, you know, they're obviously, since the music's there and it's being played on radio stations, there's people that dig that. You know, there's a lot, I think it's easy. It's easy for artistic people or people that are artistically or creatively inclined. It's easy for them to forget that there's lots of people that don't, value art the way that they do. Yeah, um, it's true. And it's not, it's, point. it's not, a, not a dig on anybody. It's, no. There's a lot of things that I don't appreciate. You know, I don't, I don't appreciate, um, like martial arts or, how dare um, you? <laughs> like Spanish language television. I don't really have a, <laughs> a, deep, yeah. a deep appreciation for, for those two things, just at the top you know, things I picked out off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm a complete dummy when it comes to that. Or like, you know, car maintenance and people, there are people that would look at me for any, any of the things that I don't like and think that I'm the weirdo. So yeah. it's easy for, for creative types to be like, how can you exist without this <laughs> like inspiration? How can you exist without this, um, without this, you know, constant stream of, uh, of, novelty in the form of like inspired music or yeah. art or whatever. Uh, but for a lot of people, I think it's just like, uh, like wallpaper or, um, Crazy. You know, something yeah. that goes, that goes on in the background. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. I mean, my wife is, I love her to death, but she's not, she's not passionate about art really. And she sees it. She understands it. she, she can di- dissect it, but that's not what, gets her up in the morning to go do something, you know? And um, oftentimes I'm like, how could you not have watched? Like, what do you like? How could you not like this? You know, <laughs> but you're absolutely yeah. right. You know, it's like getting, I, I get hung up on those things and, and I, and I should, um, I constantly like, you know, shifting my value system. And, and I think you have a very much, a very, uh, mature approach to it, which is like, well, you know, everybody's got different likes and different things, you know? And just like when you said, when you're working out, what are you doing? Like CrossFit or something like that? No, I do. Uh, I was one of these uh, the, the guys I toured with in Trinot, uh One of the guitarists turned me onto this kettlebell. Oh yeah, kettlebell. Stuff. Yeah, Joe Rogan's all into that and stuff too. He's like kettlebell guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that stuff's really obviously gnarly. I heard about it like from from Rogan's podcast, uh, but I I never looked into it until I got in a conversation um, with with uh, Dave, is his name, and he was he's been doing it for like a few years. Mm. And, um, she's talking about like the health benefits and, and like I've been doing, I've been conscious of, you know, staying physically healthy. Uh, I been yoga was the thing that I was doing for the longest time mm, uh, regularly. Great. Yeah. It is great. But I, after I've, I've been doing the kettlebell stuff for about seven months now. Mm-hmm. Um, and after doing that, I just, I get I don't think yoga comes close to the sort of physical strength. Of course not. Um, <laughs> Kettlebell is gnarly. You get, you get, you, you, I mean, yoga is, yoga is glorified stretching and that's great. I yeah. mean, I, I like breathing doing the too. yoga yeah. Yeah. Um, th- where you just, you, you get your muscles stretched out to a point that you can't possibly do just in your normal life. And if there's it's definitely something very, invigorating and energizing about that and you know kind of whatever 
you know, there's, you can go so deep into the, you know, kind of a, like, you know, there's no shortage of people that are going to tell you stories about what yoga does for them, you know, spiritually or whatever. I, I don't really go into that, but I just like, <laughs> I just like stretching out and, uh, you know, after I'm done, I feel really good. But the, yeah, the kettlebell stuff is great because you can, I'm, I notice that things are just easier now. Yeah. Um, in whatever way, you know, it's standing over and picking something up for, you know, carrying the baby around. It's not like, like I, if I'm, if I have a, like a suitcase and there's some stairs in front of me, I don't dread it. It's just like, Oh, okay. Well I'll just have to bring the suitcase up these stairs. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I see some people, I do a lot of traveling. I see some like people in airports. It's like their day's ruined if they have to, take a suitcase up a flight of stairs. Like it literally ruins their day. So <laughs> I'm glad that I'm, I'm not going to be like that anytime soon. Um, I yeah. think people can get hung up on, uh, the, like the, the, the aesthetic of like what their body looks like when they, um, when they do like strength oriented stuff. And I, you know, obviously there's like some, um, you're going to see some changes if you start focusing on your strength, but it's yeah. not like the primary purpose that I'm going to do it. I just like that life is a little bit easier now that I've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, also it's just good to be physically fit too. It's just, it's, it's good to get your body going. It's good. It's good for your mind. I it's mean, a, yeah. I, it's I a know. great feeling. It, it makes it so that, you know, things aren't as stressful. Yeah. Um, if you're, and I think there's, there's merit to doing something that sucks every day, like doing at least <laughs> yeah. one thing that you, that you don't want to do just add it. And you just have to push yourself through it by sheer willpower. Yes. It doesn't have to be anything major, but you know, these, these workouts are like an hour long. Yeah. Um, That's super pretty intense. long. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're super intense. Like get super sweaty and you know, I, I'm in pain the next day, but like just that feeling of like, if I, if I've been sitting on the couch all day, um, for whatever reason, and I schedule one of these classes by the end of it. It's like whatever I did the rest of the day doesn't matter. Cause I did that. And it really made me feel like a, uh, a, a useful person again. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's actually, it's really funny that you say that it's exactly this book that I, uh, refer to all kinds of people in life. And I talk to them about just doing things and getting things done and setting priority to yourself and your life. It's called, uh, it's actually called eat that frog. And it's a funny, like the irony of this, of the, the, the title is quite silly, but it's about like, if you were to have to eat a, like a live frog every morning, uh, the rest of your day would be pretty uh, easy, you know? So it's, it's more or less like <laughs> dealing with that thing. It's, it's, it's actually a really great book, super constructive. And it's, it's from the person, my yeah. friend Vitaly, who's the, the person that actually introduced me to your music too. He's, he's a very prolific person. And, um, it's been, okay. it, it's, it's, it's a really good book. I mean, it seems like you already do that stuff naturally and you're already very cognizant and aware of it, but that's another really good book about priorities and timing and all that kind of stuff. But cause I mean, for me, yeah. it's like <laughs> learning this stuff has been a, a journey, like learning how to prioritize time and, and all that kind of stuff has been, um, you know, putting those things in best effort. I, I train and I do jujitsu. That's what I train. That's like my release. Oh yeah. And it's like, um, yeah, it's amazing. That's it's like body one. chest. Ah, oh, it's the best man. It's the best. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really, really good for the ego. It's good for the, for your mind. It's good for your discipline, for your just your life. It's really good. It's, it's a beating on your body, you know, but it's, it's, it's good though. As you said, you know, like if you don't, if you wake up the next morning and you're not, <laughs> there's not a part of your body where like, ah, oh, crap, 
it sucks to have this right now, <laughs> but if yeah. you're not having that, then you're not putting through the pressure of it and stuff. So yeah, jujitsu is really good. It, it, it mostly depends on where you go though. So I don't know if I could go to a gym and do the kettlebell just because the, the bro metal music would drive me nuts. So I would just be like, ah, fuck well, this. I'm out of here. <laughs> I mean, you can get, you can get over that. Yeah, that's it's true. Not, uh, it's not a deal breaker and it's, you know, whatever <laughs> it's, I think, uh, I think maybe you're, um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to psychoanalyze you, but like, I know when, when I've felt that way before, it's like, felt like, or like when you're walking through an airport or in a, in a, a room with a lot of people and like watching TV, it's like mindless, uh, just the drivel that's yeah. coming out. You kind of feel like, Oh, if I pay attention to it, then I'm going to, on some level, like I'm going to incorporate that. And, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of, I think, I think you can get to a point where you just get over that. Yeah. Um, I think you I mean, have, I have it. You? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You sound much well, more mature than I am. <laughs> it's important to understand that like, you know, you'll be okay. <laughs> you can, you no, can listen won't. to a shitty album every ben. once it in won't. a while and it's not going to kill you. It will. No, you're right. You're right. It's just, I think that, um, I guess I'm just really quite intense and very passionate. So everything I do, it's like, Clearly. I, I, I hate yeah. it or I love it, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's, and I, I think that, um, that's one thing my wife is always saying, you need to find that, that gray zone, live in that middle zone for a little bit. You know, I'm like, no, nah, I hate that. That's not good. So <laughs> it's just me being a naive <laughs> child. I think it's just a, a crazy child. One thing I found was really cool about you too, is, um, like when I saw, I ended up seeing pictures, <coughs> you're not, I think that's one thing I listened to. I listened to discovery first and foremost. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. This is like some gnarly metal, very technical and time. And it had like all kinds of dynamics to it. And then, um, I believe beacons was the next one I got into and I was like, wow, okay, this is, it's, he's changing yeah. or the, the band's changing. And then I found pictures of you. I was yeah. like, ah, oh, you just a normal dude with like a flannel t-shirt on. I love it. This is great. <laughs> like I, I, what's, what's yeah. your thoughts on beating the stereotype? Because you know, in metal music, it's typical, like you get piercings and you dye your hair and you do some kind of weird thing. And it's more of like an identity crisis almost in a sense, or you just like what you really, some people just really identify with looking like that, you know? But for you, I thought it's that true. I was like, I was like, this is brilliant. This is so cool. Like, you look like um you kind of look familiar there's a show called halt and catch fire you kind of look like um what's her name uh her boyfriend on that show or eventually eventually becomes her husband um but yeah i was like wow this is crazy you just look like a normal dude just hanging out <laughs> i was like this is awesome beating the stereotype what's yeah what's that all about <laughs> uh well i mean i'm i'm pretty square i'm not like uh i think what you're talking about is i don't uh uh, I don't derive my personality from the music. Uh, and that's, again, it's not a dig on anybody. It's just, sure. um, I mean, when I was like 16 and I derived a lot of my personality from the music that I listened to and I would wear like the, you know, back at that time, that was like 2003. So that would have been like, uh, or I guess we're talking like 17, 18, 2003 when I would have been that age. Um, you know, wearing the black shirts and the, it was cool at that time to like have lots of bracelets. So I would wear lots of bracelets and like black everything and, you know, your shoes, you know, there's the uniform <laughs> of like whoever, whatever group you're hanging out with and what music they like. Sure. Um, so, uh, but I don't know. Um, I guess I just 
look like I mean, I just, I try to just wear comfortable clothes. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> That's what it looks like. It's awesome. And, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just beating the, but, the stereotype. Absolutely. I was like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a pretty square, uh, like lifestyle. So I yeah. think it, I'm more that I'm more that than I am, you know, a reflection of the kind of music I make. I think what I see is like, you're just, you're just, you've come to terms with who you are and you're like, that's what I see. Like you, you're accepting of the life that you have and, and you're not trying to force it in. Cause like, you know, when you wear that persona, say like a metal guy where you put like makeup on and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's a, that's a cognitive effort thing that you do to try to be different. That is a, an extra step in your day that isn't necessarily completely genuine, you know? So, and I think just it like, maybe. well, maybe I it could be, it could be, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I can't, I shouldn't judge maybe, you know? So it just, I like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure that there's somebody, there's <laughs> gotta be somebody out there who like, that's no, that's like the truest representation of who they are. That's true. It's true. And they're, they're probably, I mean, they're probably, uh, uh, you know, there's people that, that they get a lot of meaning from, you know, it's almost like a religion. Sure. Like to them but whatever music they like to it doesn't have to be metal yeah um yeah I, I don't think i'm like that with any one thing so my just personal style is more of a reflection of what i think is comfortable to wear yeah that's awesome well, i do like to wear pajamas kind of or like a onesie though. or something you know so no that, <laughs> see, that, that's that's where the wife comes in and keeps me in check like <laughs> um i i definitely run everything by her like <laughs> yeah, I like to have some kind of style. You know, I'm not gonna, just going to wear the Wranglers that I get from Target with, you know, the cross trainers and like a, you know, a, a t-shirt that's two sizes too big. Like I'm not, I'm not that <laughs> that way. <laughs> I do have some appreciation for, uh, you know, style. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's good. It's a really, it's, it's a really like, uh, yeah, it's a really uh, uh, kind of square style. Yeah. I mean, you could go, you could dress up with face paint and be all kissed out, you know, but you decide not to. So I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. I never liked I, makeup. Yeah. I always yeah. thought makeup was weird. Yeah, me too. Even when I was a little kid. It's like a facade thing. I don't know. I had some kind of weird thing with it, but it makes sense. I mean, it made them a brand You know, I'm never, I was never a kiss fan. I never found their music to be interesting to me, but I could see oh. like why they became a phenomenon is because of that, you know? So um, because they yeah. became uh, like, it's like ICP insane clown posse or something, you know, like they became like caricatures of them, of, of a thing rather than themselves. It's like when Batman puts on the cowl, he's like Bruce Wayne, but he puts the cowl on and then he becomes an ide- 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 identity of fear or whatever, you know? So it's more or less beyond just a simple thing. So, but, um, yeah, well, I'm, we're going to wrap it up. We have, a, I have a couple more questions if you don't mind. And then, um, I mean, I really appreciate it. This has been awesome to get to know you and talk with you a bit about this stuff and um, get to know a little bit more. I could probably go on forever. But one of the things I was going to ask you is um, the thing I love, too, about your music is there's no vocals. Um, sometimes I love having vocals yeah. on music, but the one thing I love about your music is that you don't have any. Well, there's a, there's, there is one track that I know that I remember hearing mm-hmm. that had vocals. It was really beautiful, too. I think it was on Let Yourself Be Huge. I can't remember if that was the one. It's like the last song That's on the right. album. Is that the last one? The title song. Yeah. Is yeah. that is that your is that you singing it or who's that? Yep. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. What 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 compelled you to to sing? Uh, it just seemed right. It yeah. seemed like you know talking about layering. Um, uh, I think writing that song, it was like that album was about 
uh, experimenting with different like kinds of uh, tonality, you know, like yeah, there's some it's very big you know, tonality yeah. guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Acoustic guitar, like kind of bigger sounding drums, uh, getting away from just the metal kind of, uh, sound palette, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and, uh, incorporating, I, I mean, getting my head it, it, to that place where I'm like, I, I want to see, you know, what kind of different sounds I could, you know, work with. Um, yeah. and the voice, the voice was obviously one of those that I hadn't. So just for that song, I got to a point where I'm like, I think what this needs right now is, is some like really, uh, spacey kind of airy, indistinct vocals. And I wanted to play around with that. You complimented it perfectly. I felt though. It was like really the melody was perfect. I thought so too. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, there's a, that's the only song with vocals. I do have a song with a vocoder on the album, little histories. I think it's the second song. So Mm. two songs out of hell of many where there's some vocal element, but yeah, mostly I'm, I'm just, I, again, like I said earlier, I just, I like the, um, I like, you know, I'm a big kind of rhythm, harmony, melody kind of guy. So, yeah, layers. Yeah, uh, you're big on layers, like layering many melodies and harmonies together, which I love. It's just there's so much depth yeah, to it. Absolutely. Yeah, and just I could tell you're definitely like just tinkering. You're constantly adding, like, oh, let me put another one, like another harmony down here, lower and stuff. And yeah, I can really feel that. And yeah. it, it, your music has such a, uh, like I said, I mean, I'm constantly complimenting it, but I, I hope that I hope it's coming across very genuine because I'm a very big fan of what you're making. But it just has so many layers of tonality in a lot of the songs, especially that album, Let Yourself Be Huge, it's got so many layers. I felt like it was such a, I mean, I, I really enjoy all your albums and Fade was one of my favorites as well, but it, there's these different interesting like tonality shifts that happen and these like melodies that kind of come out. And the, the really great thing <laughs> that I love, and it, it seems to make sense because you you seem very cognizant and, and, and quite mature, <laughs> is I think when you're making music, you're very aware of like the switch ups and the changes in harmonies and they feel like they're not forced necessarily. And they kind of come about very naturally. And then they feel like, cause the one thing I hate in music too, it's like, ah, oh, like that melody change doesn't feel right. But you, it feels like you make that change so effortlessly, but I don't know if it is effortlessly for you when you create it. Is it something that you're hearing when you're making it? Um, some songs are more effortless than others, obviously. Sure. I, I'm sure you know that. Yeah. It's like, you know, sometimes you'll be creating something and, it'll be the easiest thing in the world. You know, there's some songs in that on like beacons that took me like, like I wrote the whole thing in an afternoon and there's other songs and other albums where it took me like two weeks to finish it yeah. or more. So it really is. It depends on where I am. And, you know, sometimes I, I'm in the middle of doing something and, you know, I got to go to work and that kind of can throw a wrench in the, in that like flow state. Um, so I just kind of have to work with that. Um, and uh, I think that's, yeah, to answer your question, um, comes and goes. Yeah. There's and no, like, there's no one, one way that it is for me to write music. It's, it's a lot of ways. Yeah. I just kind of interact with that. Epic, man. Super cool. Well, Ben, I really appreciate it for 
for me being a complete stranger, reaching out to you and being all like, uh, Hey, you know, and, and also my offer stands. I, 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 I mean, I have an incredibly busy life. I have so much stuff going on, but I'm such a big fan of your music. And if you ever need any kind of creative help and art and design or anything like that, please feel free. It seems like you're totally fine, but if you do, <laughs> I'd love to help out in any kind of capacity and give back to you the amount of hours that you've given to me and the amount of hours moving forward to of music that I really enjoy. And so, yeah, I really appreciate it. And, um, I'm wishing you all the best. I can't wait to hear what you play and build next. But I, I mean, if you stop making music now, it'd be a shame, but at the same time, I'm so thankful for what you've put out already. So yeah, that, that being said, I really appreciate it. Thank you for doing what you're doing and putting all that awesome stuff out in the, <laughs> into the ether, you know? And that concludes this week's episode. Big thank yous to Ben for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week. You can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectedpodcast.com slash 142, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. You know the drill. Be powerful. Be prolific. Peace out. <laughs>